Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timonini. I am coming to you later than normal, at least in Patreon, and by myself, because as I mentioned on yesterday's show, we were waiting for the reviews for the Broadway production of Prayer for the French Republic to officially be released. They did not all come out until past 10 p.m. I also ventured through a tornado warning and a thunderstorm from Orlando to Tampa, on Tuesday night to see the national tour of Company starring Brittany Coleman. It was fantastic. Of course, if you want to hear all of our episodes, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, as I mentioned, Prayer for the French Republic officially opened at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater on Broadway on Tuesday night. This is a run from the Manhattan Theater Club who had previously produced the show off-Broadway. The show is written by Joshua Harmon and directed by David Cromer. The Broadway cast features many of the same actors who appeared in it originally off-Broadway with a few more added in. The cast includes Betsy Adim, Francis Benhamu, Ari Brand, Anthony Edwards, Ethan Haberfield, Richard Mazur, Niall Nasser, Daniel Oreskes, Molly Ranson, Nancy Robinette, and Arya Shagashemi. The official plot description reads, quote, In 1944, a Jewish couple in Paris desperately awaits news of their missing family. More than 70 years later, the couple's great-grandchildren find themselves facing the same question as their ancestors. Are we safe? This celebrated work by the author of Bad Jews and Significant Other is about history, home, and the effects of an ancient hatred. As I said, the show had previously played off-Broadway for Manhattan Theatre Club, and when it did, it was one of the most celebrated works of the season, winning countless awards, and as it came to Broadway, I assumed that it would also be the leader for the Tony Award for Best Play. As I said at the end of 2023, this was my prediction for what would win that award. But to be quite honest with you, the reviews were not as strong as I expected them to be. As of recording time, the review aggregator site Did They Like It had recorded 10 reviews, five were positive, and five were mixed. Let's start with uh, the New York Times' Jesse Green, who was mixed. He started his review by saying, quote, Such is the sadness of our world that plays about anti-Semitism, however historical, cannot help but be prescient. Take Prayer for the French Republic, Joshua Harmon's sprawling family drama about the Solomons, Jews who have been in France more than a thousand years, as one of them puts it, still sounding provisional. With violent incidents on the rise and a fascistic Nazi-adjacent party gaining in the polls, should they finally seek safety elsewhere? When it ran off-Broadway in 2022, Prayer for the French Republic already seemed painfully timely. With the Tree of Life synagogue massacre in Pittsburgh, the murder of a Holocaust survivor in Paris, and other anti-Semitic atrocities barely in the rearview mirror. Two years later, with so much more awfulness to choose from, Harmon, revising his script for Broadway, has cut references to those events. What is too much for the world is way too much for the play. And the play, for all its urgency, is already way too much. Running just over three hours, Prayer for the French Republic, which opened on Tuesday at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater, is still not long enough to do justice to the multiple histories it wants to tell. In the manner of prestige television series, but compressed for the stage to the point of confusion, it tries to dramatize the largest and most intractable world issues within the microcosm of a single family, creating an impossible burden on both. He ends his review this way. But like Tom Stoppard's Leopoldstadt, that will get referenced multiple times in reviews, Prayer for the French Republic, its title the name of a blessing recited in French synagogues for 200 years, gets lost in its central question. How can Jews know it's time to leave yet another home in a history of hundreds where they think they are safe but may soon find out otherwise? 
The prayer that they might not have to leave at all, the prayer for the end of anti-Semitism itself, has not been answered yet. Sarah Holdren, writing for Vulture, was also mixed, saying, quote, Though it's surrounded by heavy clouds, Harmon's play is plenty sharp and by no means gloomy. Zingy, morbid humor, and motormouth diatribes are the playwright's weapons of choice, not lyricism or sentimentality. Yet, there's a savviness to prayer's construction that makes it ring false. Adam Feldman of Time Out in New York gave the show three out of five stars, saying, quote, As a theater-going experience, however, the three-hour prayer for the French Republic is less effectively timed talking about the move from off-Broadway to Broadway, but in the gap between these two mountings, New York got a 10-month run of Tom Stoppard's Leopoldstadt, which approached the same core issues, the persistence of anti-Semitism and debates about fitting in that surround it, with more gravity, scope, and finesse. By comparison, flaws that were already noticeable off-Broadway seem more pronounced. Zachary Stewart, writing for Theatre Media, was positive, saying, quote, In three acts, Harmon brilliantly dramatizes these questions and more through the story of one very specific yet completely recognizable Jewish family. Fans of last season's Leopoldstadt will find much to admire here. Scenes of simmering resentment imperceptibly come to a boil as family politics brush up against seismic global forces. Daniel Diodario, writing for Variety, said, quote, Playwright Joshua Harmon seems to be aiming for the reach of Tony Kushner, using maximalist technique to deliver ideas that sprawl forward. He does not get there. Chris Jones, writing for the New York Daily News, was positive, saying, quote, We're all here just for a moment, of course, stuck in the middle of events mostly out of control. Whatever your identity, rarely in a Broadway theater where you have so powerfully felt your own vulnerability. So like I said, I, I I expected these reviews to be almost completely raves as they were off-Broadway. They were a little bit more muted, perhaps impacted by, as that last review said, everything going on uh, not only around the world, but specifically in the Middle East right now, but also impacted by Leopoldstadt, which since Prayer for the French Republic's off-Broadway run won many awards, diving into many of the same themes. So perhaps that took a little bit of the wind out of its sails, but... The show is currently scheduled to run on Broadway through February 18th. I would imagine that there will be extensions built in there, perhaps even some of them announced today. All right, before we get into the rest of the news, I want to talk about our sponsor for this week, Factor. And I've got to tell you, with all of the running around I did yesterday, heading out almost immediately after work to Tampa to go see company, I am so thankful that I was able to have a good, nutritious dinner without having to do any work. That's what Factor is for. You can skip the grocery stores, all of the prep work and cooking fatigue. Instead, you just get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. Last night I had the creamy Parmesan chicken with broccoli and tomatoes. I'm not a huge broccoli fan, so I didn't eat much of that, but the chicken was fantastic. And what's great is I get the keto meals, even though I don't really eat keto, it's the closest thing to what my diet tends to be, but they've got other options as well. They have calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus, so many other different kinds of things that you can make sure that you are getting the exact types of food that you want. Also, they have loads of snack options, including breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more. And what makes Factor so special is that it's cheaper and honestly way more delicious than ordering takeout. So if your schedule is as hectic as mine can often be, Factor is perfect. You can change your order up every week with plans from four to 18 meals. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you live, I don't know, somewhere in Central Florida and go up to New York on a fairly regular basis and you know you're not gonna be home to eat the meals that are sent to you, you can pause it, you can make sure that there are no issues 
with getting your factor boxes. So if this sounds like something that you need in your life, head to factormeals.com slash broadway50 and use code broadway50 to get 50% off. That's code broadway50 at factormeals.com slash broadway50 to get 50% off. All right, let's get into the rest of news. And yesterday, the Roundabout Theatre Company announced shows from its 2024-2025 season. Kicking off the season on Broadway will be the Broadway premiere of David Henry Wong's Yellow Face. That'll happen at the newly named Todd Hames Theatre on Broadway in September. And it will star Daniel Day Kim as DHH, which is obviously a character adjacent to David Henry Wong. And it'll be directed by Lee Silverman. Also coming to Broadway later this year will be the premiere of Sanaz Tusi's English, which had previously played off-Broadway from the Atlantic Theatre Company. This is a co-production between RTC and Atlantic. Nude Adams will once again direct this Pulitzer Prize-winning play. Then coming to the Todd Hames Theatre in April of 2025 will be a newly updated production of Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance. This is a show that had been getting multiple workshops from Roundabout over the recent years. The show, obviously, will feature Gilbert and Sullivan's music. It'll be directed by Scott Ellis, and it'll feature an adaption by two-time Broadway radio guest Rupert Holmes. Warren Carlyle will also choreograph, and the show will feature Ramin Karamloo and David Hyde Pierce as the Pirate King and the Major General, respectively. Also in the season off-Broadway will be The Counter, which is a world premiere commissioned by Roundabout by Megan Kennedy and directed by David Cromer. Lots of talk about that, former Broadway radio guest in this episode today. We will also get the world premiere of Best Wool's Liberation, directed by Whitney White. In other show and casting news, yesterday it was confirmed, what I had heard for a little bit, that we will be getting a new Eurydice on Broadway starting on February 9th. Soleil Pfeiffer will be departing to do a project that has not yet been announced, but she has been teasing on social media. I would not be surprised if there are either some eggs, east or west, involved with that, or perhaps some gun and powder. So we'll have to see which one of those things she's involved with. But the new songbird on Broadway is the star of Prime Video series this summer, I Turned Pretty, Lola Tung. What makes this very interesting is, is that Lola Tung played the role of Penny Lane in the recent workshop of Almost Famous that we talked about, which is the role, of course, that Soleil Pfeiffer originated out of town and then on Broadway. So a lot of connections between Lola Tung and Soleil Pfeiffer. All right, real quick, I do want to hit last week's Broadway grosses. Of course, coming off of the week between Christmas and New Year's, everything is down further than it had been the uh, the previous week. But overall, Broadway came in at $29,681,396 with attendance at 219,787 people. Average ticket price was just a nickel over $135. We still did have three shows over $2 million, which is good for those shows. The Lion King came in at $2,444,074. Wicked was at $2.12 million. And Sweeney Todd, seven performances, was at just about $2,038,000. Hamilton was also just a handful of tickets short of that at $1.99 million. And Merrily We Roll Along was in fifth at $1.79. The rest of the shows north of seven figures were Cursed Child, Aladdin, MJ, Back to the Future, Moulin Rouge, and Juliet, The Book of Mormon, Spamalot, Gutenberg, and Six. All right, I'm going to wrap up here with a couple notes about the show yesterday. 
I, I had mentioned that I thought that Ayo Edabiri had been a cast member in the original Broadway production of Matilda, and I didn't, I couldn't prove that. And I said, I, I don't think that's, that might not be true. I'm not sure. I can't find any corroboration. Grace found a TikTok from Jeremy O'Harris that mentioned that. I think they were kidding. After looking at it, I, I hadn't seen it until after she sent it to me while we were recording. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think it was a joke. She did the choreography great though, so I wouldn't have been surprised if she had been a dancer in the show. Um, but I don't think that's true. But Grace got a little bit of redemption because when we talked about the new uh, musical adaptation of Purple Rain, she threw out the idea of Robin De Jesus playing Prince's role. Well, apparently. She had a reason to say that because Lena Hall posted a video throwing back to a concert called Dearly Beloved, obviously a reference to Let's Get Crazy that we talked about the other day, all the way back in 2014 that she was in, E. Clayton Cornelius was in, and Robin DeJesus essentially played Prince, and he does look a decent amount like Prince, I suppose. So a little bit of justification for Grace on that one. If you want to check out the trailer for the concert, I will have that link in the show notes. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on social media at BWWMatt, but pretty much the only place that it will be worth your while is on Instagram. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>